Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. I'm going to be talking about the 12 
work on your game commandments. Now, you might not even know what work on your game is, but I'll explain it to you in a second. So introducing myself, my name is Dre Baldwin. Many know me as Dre all day. I'm a former nine-year professional athlete. I'm the author of 31 books. I've created this whole framework, this brand, this philosophy that is called work on your game that takes, it draws from my background as a pro athlete and takes the attributes, the skills, and the tools that I used as an athlete and that all top performers use is specifically in the sports world. And I've translated that over. I've created a framework to translate those tools over to the business world and into everyday life. So what I'm going to do here today is I'm going to share the 12 commandments. And it's actually, when I laid this out, I realized it was actually 13 commandments, but it sounds better to say 12. So I'm actually going to share 13, but I'm going to call it the 12. Work on your game commandments that if anyone comes into my world, if you ever work with me, if you even listen to my stuff, if you read anything that I put out, there are 12 commandments that I demand of anyone who comes into my world to understand and accept and appreciate. And if you can't accept and appreciate these commandments, then you and I are going to be like oil and water. But I'm going to explain what each one of them is. I'm going to explain why each one of them is. I'll give some examples, some anecdotes to go with it so that everybody understands. And hopefully, as usual, I want to leave some time at the end here for some conversation and some back and forth. And yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So now I told you what I'm going to do. Now I'm going to do it. Then I'll tell you what I just did. So let's get right into it. I have 12, actually 13 of these. So let's not uh, use up any more time here. Point number one. Again, I'm going over 12 work on your game commandments. Number one commandment, and these are not in any particular order of importance. They are all equally important. Number one is complete ownership. Complete ownership. And when I say ownership, I don't necessarily mean uh, deeds or paperwork or contracts when I say ownership here. When I say ownership, what I mean is taking your situation, whatever that situation happens to be, and you taking complete responsibility for that situation being what it is, even if the situation that you are in is not necessarily your fault or not necessarily your doing. So for example, I just told you that my background is in sports. When I wanted to play sports coming up, and I played a little bit of uh, a bunch of sports before I finally settled on basketball, that's the sport that I played. My parents were not athletes. My parents aren't even that tall. You know, my parents are neither one is even over six feet tall. They, my parents never hired a, a coach for me. They never hired a trainer. I didn't have access to any specialized training facilities. I didn't have a scholarship to play college sports. I didn't have any of that stuff. Even when I was in college, I had a, a run in with a new coach that came in when I was in college. I didn't even play my senior year of college. So for me to even get into the pros, I had nobody recruiting me, nobody scouting me. I didn't have any offers when I first got out of school. Yet I was able to make things happen on, on my own behalf. And the reason I was able to make it happen is not necessarily because of my talent, because there are a lot of athletes out there who have talent. There are a lot of people out there who have talent who still don't quote unquote make it in the thing that they want to do. The reason that I was able to make it happen is because I took complete ownership over my situation. And I'm telling you that to explain to you this, whatever situation you are in in life, you are the reason for that situation. Even if you had nothing to do with the situation being what it is, you are the reason for it. It is your responsibility. It is all on your hands and whatever ends up happening with that situation. Again, even if you're not the reason that it is set up the way that it is, it's all going to be on you. It is not your fault who your parents were, where you were born, whether you are a boy or a girl, what resources were available to you growing up, the country that you're from, the weather in your town these days.
days or just really can't do anything about it. However, as soon as you become aware of your circumstances, which all of us are by this point, we're all adults here, you are 100% responsible for those circumstances. They are all your responsibilities. Now, the question may be, well, how does that even make sense? Because your ability to shape circumstance, that means taking responsibility for what's going on and then molding that what's going on into the way that you want it to be, that is called power. That's another word that we use for that. And power is a package deal that comes with responsibility. If you want power, you must take responsibility. And when you take responsibility, you automatically get with it as a bonus, you get power. And the more responsible you are, the more powerful you become. So anyone who wants power over their situation, that especially when that situation is not your fault, the first thing you have to do is take responsibility for the situation being what it is and you being in it. And it happens in that order. I want everybody to understand. This is, there's an order of operations here. You want power, you must take responsibility. What keeps many people from acquiring power in life is the fact that they are unwilling to assume responsibility for things that were factually not their fault. And there are many things in life that are factually not your fault. I tell people this, 99% of what occurs in life, you have no control over. You don't control the weather. You don't control any other person. When you're driving in the street, any of you have been in a car in the last 24 hours, you don't control what the other drivers out there are doing. You don't control any, unless you own a farm and you cook your own food, you have no idea what's in that stuff that you're putting in your body, but you consume it anyway. You don't control 99% of what's happening in your life. But your ability to take responsibility for that situation is what gives you power. And everybody wants power on some level. Some people want power like you want to be the, the head of a, some government head. And you can tell other people what to do. But everybody at least wants power on a, on a, the smallest possible level. You want power over your own situation, over your own life. And understanding this principle is what allows you to have that power. So number one is complete ownership. Number two, we're talking 12, work on your game commandments. Number two is what we call accurate formulas. And let's get those shares up, people. We are at 72 shares. We need to be at 150 by the end of this hour. Let's please get the shares up. Number two is what we call accurate formulas. Understand that there is a difference, a big difference between being right and being accurate. Those are two different things. See, a lot of people focus on being right. Being right means proving yourself correct and you know, getting your opinion and your views to prevail over the opinions and views of others. That's usually when people get into some kind of argument or debate and they're, we're, we're debating perspectives and points of view. That's not what I'm talking about here. When I say accurate, what I mean is you are basing your decisions on measurable outcomes, things that you can look at and we can all look at objectively that anyone else can look up and see that your thing works. The biggest challenge with operating by what I call inaccurate formulas is it's not about, those are not about measuring results. That's about accurate formulas is about identifying the correct problems that you need to address. So let me give you an example here. When I was playing sports, so that is my background as an athlete, I talked to a lot of athletes, especially because I used to put a lot of content, a lot of basketball videos and stuff up on YouTube. And I would talk to athletes all the time. And when I would have run-ins with coaches and a lot of athletes, we had these issues. The coach is not giving us playing time. We're not you know, getting the ball as much as we want to get the ball. We're not getting the same opportunities. Maybe you're not getting the scholarship offer that you wanted. When those things weren't, things weren't working out for me as an athlete, 
one of the things that I had to do is I had to be real with myself. I had to be objective with myself and say, okay, well, I'm not getting these opportunities, even if I think it's the coach's fault. Going right back to what we talked about in the first point on ownership. Even if I think it's the coach's fault that I'm not getting the opportunity because I'm better than this player who's playing ahead of me, I had to look at the situation accurately, not trying to be right, but being accurate. What's the accuracy of this situation? The accuracy is I'm sitting on a bench and I'm not getting a chance to show my skills, which means even if I get mad at the coach for it in the long run, what does that really matter? In the long run, the only thing that's going to matter is what I did with my career or what I didn't do. Whereas many people make the mistake not taking responsibility, thusly shutting themselves off from power, they focus on being right. This is the athlete who comes to me and says, Dre, I'm better than these five guys who are playing more than me, but the coach is hating on me, the coach is dumb, the coach is putting his son in the game more than me. They're focused on being right instead of being accurate. That's the difference between the two. Accuracy is about what we can objectively measure that's going to lead to the results that we want. Being right is about you trying to prove that your point is better than the other person's point. The problem with proving that your point is better than another person's point is that it still leaves you in the same spot. Yeah, you're right, but you're still in the same spot with the same problems. So inaccurate formulas are when you're not measuring your actual results and outcomes. It's about you just trying to prove that what you're saying is better than or more correct in your mind than what the other person is saying. Accurate formulas means we got to figure out what is the actual issue that we need to address in a situation. Many times, and this happens in entrepreneurship as well, is these days, mostly I'm not talking to basketball players, I'm talking to entrepreneurs. One of the biggest challenges I see in many business people, many professionals today is, is not that they don't have the skills or abilities. Uh, somebody just unmiked, mute yourself please. Is actually about identifying the correct problems that need to be addressed. When you are addressing the wrong problem, you can do everything correctly, but still have the same issues and still be producing the same outcomes that you don't want and still not be where you want to be. This is why accurate formulas matter so much. You got to know that you're addressing the right thing and stop doing things by emotion and do things actually by logic and objectivity. Challenge for many of us these days, and this is something that's being promoted and uh, encouraged that I think is a challenge for many of us, that's why I have these commandments, is that a lot of people are being taught and conditioned to make their decisions based on emotions rather than based on the moral logic and objectivity. And because of this, you got a lot of people operating by inaccurate formulas that leads to my third commandment. So we're on the 12, work on your game commandments, and I'm I could give a lot more context on each one of these, but I'm going through them pretty quickly because I want to make sure we get to all of them here today. Number three of the work on get on your game commandments. Number three is what I call self-honesty. And one thing that I'll tell you all here as a side note before I even get into this third point is that everything that I do over here at Work On Your Game and any of you who comes into my world on any level is that everything that we do here, we always start and end at the same place. And that same place is in the mirror. Everything always comes back to number one. And number one, somebody's unmiked here. Please mute yourselves, everybody. Number one is always the person in the mirror. Number one is you taking ownership over your situation. And that's why the first point was self-ownership because when I laid these out, even though I said they are all equal in importance, it was the first thing that I was thinking is that you have to take complete ownership of your situation. And anybody who's incapable or un, everybody's capable, but anyone who's unwilling to do that, uh, we're not going to work well together. So this third point 
is self-honesty. I had a person who texted me uh, not too long ago. And uh, by the way, up at the top of the screen here, those of you looking at your, your screen on Clubhouse, the link that I have posted there is to text me to get my free daily motivation text that I send out every morning to everyone who's in my text community. And I had somebody text me, and usually when someone comes into my community, I usually ask them, hey, what's the biggest challenge that you're dealing with right now? And I had a, a young man say to me, well, Dre, my biggest challenge is I have trouble waking up early in the morning. I want to wake up early in the morning, but I have a challenge actually doing it. So I dug into it a little bit through asking him one question. How long has it been a challenge for you? And he said, well, this has been a challenge for me basically my whole life. And I asked him, okay, it's been a challenge for your whole life. So what have you been doing to try to work on it? And he says, well, I've done things like I set an alarm and I put my alarm clock in a different room. So I had to actually get up and go turn off the alarm in the other room. And then all the dudes, Ray, is go back and get right back in the bed. Ha ha. And he's telling me all this other stuff that he does. And I said to him, well, it's clear to me just from what he told me right there that waking up clearly is not the problem because you had to wake up to go and turn the alarm off in the other room. The problem is your lack of self-discipline and your lack of self-accountability. It's not the inability to wake up. See, he was operating off this inaccurate idea that he can't wake up. But by his own answer, his own admission, he was waking up. He was just going right back to bed. So waking up is not the problem. The problem is he just didn't have the discipline to stay awake. But do you see how his original statement was? And I even said this to him. Your original statement was you can't wake up early. But that's actually not true. This is a violation of the commandment. See, the biggest challenge a lot of people have with this whole, this third point of being honest with themselves is that when you're completely honest with yourself, what you, where you end up is the same place that I told you that we start and end with everything here, working your game, is right there in the mirror. When you are honest with yourself, you usually end up looking in the mirror and saying to yourself, okay, where do I need to take more responsibility, more ownership? Where do I need to take more accountability for the situation that I'm in? The challenge is this guy was, I believe he was maybe in his early 20s, the person who I was talking about. But there are many people, often grown adults in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, who are so incapable of doing this that they never get around to doing and operating by what's accurate about what's really going on in their lives and going on in their careers. When you think your problem is one thing, but you're operating off another thing, then you're operating off of an inaccurate formula. Because many people would prefer to blame the challenges on something that absolves them of full responsibility. The problem with absolving yourself of full responsibility is that you also remove your ability to have power. And that kind of circular thinking is what keeps you in the same position for an extended period of time. And this is one of the main reasons people don't achieve or they only half achieve, not because they're incapable, not because they don't have the resources, but simply because their formulas are off and they're not being fully honest with themselves. Moving on to point number four. We are talking to 12, work on your game commandments, which is actually 13, as I said, number four. The same things, the same way, every time. This is one of my uh, favorite frameworks, my favorite formulas. It's a, a simple idea that is a challenge for many people to execute on, but let me explain why. Same things the same way every time simply means having and following a process. And that is in all capital letters, process. When you have a framework of a process, you can utilize your creativity because this is one of the challenges that people have with when it comes to discipline or following a process or following any system is like, well, I don't want to become a robot. I don't want to feel like I'm, I'm in, a, in the military and having to do the same stuff over and over and over again. And it becomes boring. And it's like, you no, know, eating cardboard. No, here's the thing. 
when you have a process and when you're following a system, you now have the ability to utilize your creativity within the confines of the process. This is what creative people do. This is what professionals do. This is what successful organizations do. You watch a, a sports team. You watch the Golden State Warriors just win the championship. Is Steph Curry a creative basketball player? Yes, he is. Now, you may not understand it, but the Golden State Warriors have a process for how they run their offense. They have a process for how they run their plays. Steph Curry may look like he's just out there freelancing, doing whatever the hell he wants, but there's a process that he's working within. But because he's such a great professional and his teammates are as well, it looks like they're freelancing, but they're actually running the system. But it, to the outside observer, to the, the casual observer, it looks like they're just doing whatever. And they're just doing that off of talent. But that's absolutely not the case. On the inside, you know that there's a system being run there. But because they're so good, it looks like something other than what it actually is. And this is what all professionals understand. You, who's listening right now, you're a professional what you do. There's a process to what you're doing. Your creativity can be utilized within the confines of the system. This is also, this is what any successful person does. So ask yourself, do you have a process? Do you have a strategy? Do you have a plan? Something you can do over and over again. When you're running any type of business or you plan to, there must be a process out there because you don't want to be operating just by talent and not just by feel because eventually something's going to throw that off. And when your process, when you don't have a process in place, then you get chaos. You get randomness and when you're doing things randomly by process then you get randomness in your outcomes and the last thing you want in your outcomes especially when you're running a business especially when you have people depending on you is randomness moving on to point number five fifth point is action bias and we are talking the 12 working again commandments by the way fifth point is action bias over contemplation action bias is simply the concept of you are more likely you are more bending towards doing stuff and taking action than you are contemplating thinking about and planning action people tell me something along the lines of hey dre i have challenge x whatever that challenge is and i'll say to them hey okay i understand that you have this challenge have you ever thought about this and i'll give them some example of some action that they can take to at least begin to address the challenge and they will say something like Oh, you know what, Dre? Yes, I have thought about doing that. LOL. Thinking about it, this is what I want you to understand. Thinking about things is what got you here today. I'm talking to everybody in the room. Everything that you've thought about doing, and there are a bunch of things that all of us have thought about doing, but we haven't actually done. They've gotten us to the exact point that we are here today. Too many people go through life thinking about what they need to do, contemplating what Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Might work what might not work. And sometimes I, someone will reach out to me and I'll send them a, a link or I give them some information of something that they could do or maybe something that I have that could help address the issue that they say they have. And they'll say something like, okay, thank you. I will check it out. I'll take a look at it. I'll look into it. I want you to understand something. Checking out things does not solve problems. 
any of you who's told yourself you're going to go check something out, you're going to go look into something. All right, looking into things does not do anything. No one's ever achieved anything by looking into it or by checking things out. All right, you go to a hotel, you only have to check out when you go to a hotel. Um, it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing, but I, you don't go to the front desk and tell them that you're checking out. It just leaves, right? They'll figure it out. All right, checking things out doesn't do anything. And people never get around to actually committing, doing something. So what happens is they go through their entire careers or entire lives with the exact same problems because you're doing a whole lot of checking out but very little taking action. See, the problem, and most people don't have a whole bunch of problems overwhelming them that they simply can't do anything about. What most people have is a handful of problems that they never actually address because all they do is think about them but never actually take action on them. And this is how somebody can have the exact same problem for 10 years straight and never actually solve it simply because they're doing a whole lot of checking out, reading, looking into, researching, thinking about, considering, but never actually doing anything. This is why the fifth work on your game commandment is the action bias. The action bias is go do something. Even if you don't have all the information, even if you don't know what to do, even if you're not sure if the plan is going to work out, even if you're not sure yourself, go and do something. Action is usually the main thing that is the difference between the successful and the unsuccessful, even when the action that you take doesn't work out, even if your plan is not great, even if you don't have all the skills, talent, resources, is taking action. Many people think their way through life, but never actually do anything, and that's why they don't get to the outcomes that they want. Nobody has achieved an outcome by thinking. Moving on, point number six. We are talking the 12 work on your game commandments, and I think we're doing pretty good time here. We're just at about six o'clock and almost halfway there. And by the way, we are at 74 shares, folks. Let's get these shares up, please. We got 131 people in the room and 74 shares. That's not adding up. So we want to get up to 150 shares through the conclusion of uh, my time here today. Let's please get these shares up. I don't care where you share it. Let's get these shares up. You are getting valuable information here. You are in the Breakfast with Champions room for a reason to get materials going to help you help make you a more valuable person out here in the marketplaces get these shares up share the room everybody who is listening right now moving on point number six we are talking to 12 work on your game commandments number six is being overdoing. this is an important one because this is one of the the processes that i explain i like explaining so much because i i know that a lot of people don't quite get it because it's so intangible but i'm going to explain it here today there's a three-step process to achievement in life that is called the be, do, have principle. I write about it in uh, damn near every book that I do when I work with people directly. I talk about this all the time. And even though I just talked about action bias, there is a step that comes before action, and that is the being step. That means simply you must assume the position and the energy of what you want and who you want to be before you are able to experience it on a material level. In one of my TED Talks, I talked about this. I, I did a talk about how to build confidence when you don't have it yet. And one of the challenges that a lot of people have is when they get an idea of a goal or something that they want to achieve, most people, and we all understand the concept of hard work. I mean, if you're in this room at 6 in the morning on a Monday, you understand the concept of putting effort in to achieve a goal. You understand that you can't get something for nothing in life. You have to put some effort in in order to achieve an outcome. The challenge for many people on the planet is that we set a goal. That's the thing that we want to have. 
And then we think about what actions do we need to take in order to achieve that goal? Those are the things that we need to do. Yet, we never ask ourselves the most important question in this process, which is, what type of person do I need to be while I'm doing these things in order to achieve my outcome? Who do I need to be so that I can do what I need to do so I can have what I want to have? Be, do, have. The biggest thing that happens with a lot of people who don't ask themselves this question is that they go into doing all the stuff and you could have the perfect plan, the perfect idea, you could get it straight from someone who's already achieved the outcome. And if you are executing, doing, and trying to get to the having without ever asking yourself about the being part, you could do all the right things, quote unquote, and still never get your outcome. So if any of you has ever been in a situation where you felt like you were doing everything right, you were executing as you were supposed to, you were following the plan exactly as it was laid out, yet you still were not able to achieve the outcome, this is the reason why. You were focused on what you needed to do, but you never asked yourself who you needed to be. Let me ask everyone here a question, a rhetorical question. Have you ever been in a situation where you were, you felt like you were executing and doing all the stuff you were supposed to do, yet you're not getting your outcome and maybe you felt like you were at the end of your rope and you got, maybe you got frustrated, you got angry, uh, you got sad, maybe you were thinking about quitting and maybe you were thinking about just throwing in the towel because you were doing everything right, quote unquote, but you just weren't getting the outcome. Then something just happened to you mentally. Something happened to you emotionally or spiritually. Maybe it was the anger and you just snapped. Maybe someone gave you a pep talk. Maybe you just got an encouraging word from the right person. Maybe you just you know, told yourself the right thing. Something happened that changed your energy. Nothing changed about the process. Something changed about your energy. And then you went right back to that job with a different mental and emotional approach. And all of a sudden, you were doing the exact same things that you were doing before, but now you're getting completely different results. I think all of us has had that experience. All of us has, has had that happen. And what that is, is exactly what this point is here. It's the being over the doing. When your being changes, that is your energy and your approach, the way that you show up. When that changes, you could do the exact same stuff that you were doing before and the outcomes become completely different. So while, again, I just told you about action bias, the action absolutely does matter. You must at the same time assume the energy and the posture of the person you plan on being and the outcome that you want, you will get that through the doing because of the energy change. When people get this operation backwards, as I just said, you can do everything what you consider to be right, yet still not achieve your outcome. So focus on, ask yourself the question, who do I need to be today while I'm doing the things that I need to do? Most people get, get the doing part down. All right? That's why we have to-do lists and goals lists and action plans and, um, task managers and all that stuff. We all pretty much are pretty good with the doing part, but it's the actions, it's the, the being part, excuse me, that leads to the outcomes. Point number seven, we are talking the 12 work on your game commandments, actually 13 of them. We are on number seven, officially at the halfway point. And actually before I get through to number seven, let me remind everyone who may have just come in that you are in the Breakfast of Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club with Glenn Lundy at the helm. We do this show every Monday through Saturday from 5 a.m., starting at 5 a.m. Eastern. Then we have our social media shows starting at 11 a.m. Make sure you are checking the Breakfast of Champions podcast on all podcasting platforms. You all know where to find those and check out the Morning 5 ebook as well. And let's please get this room shared. We are at 81 shares. 
we need to get up to 150 shares by the end of this room, by the end of my segment, excuse me, not by the end of this room, by the end of my segment, we are at 81. Thank you, everybody who has shared so far. Let's get these shares up, get the shares up, get the shares up. Everybody who's in the room, please click that button at the bottom of the screen that has a little share icon and share this room. I don't care where you share it, but just share the room so that everybody can see that we are running this room right now that we are on the Father's Day special. Financial freedom is not free. Now I am going on to point number seven. We are at the halfway market. Number seven is the open market commandment. No, the work on your game commandments. And this one states very clearly, you are only as good as who or what you are able to defeat to get to where you are or to acquire what you have. In other words, you are only as good as what the open market says you are. You are not a champion until or unless you are in a situation where you could lose or it looks like you might lose and you win anyway. So let me say this in another way. If you exist in a bubble where everything is set up for you to win and you never face any serious challenges, then you are not a real champion. A real champion has to go up against a real challenge. Real champion has to beat somebody else who's good enough to be a champion as well. You have to put yourself in a situation where you could get your ass kicked, but instead you kick ass. That's the open market commandment. You have to come out into the square and to the open marketplace and prove that you are as good as you say you are. You can't just win in a bubble in a situation that is set up for you to win where you can't possibly lose. You got to be in a situation where you can lose to be a winner. And you have to earn your opportunities from wherever they come. Now, if you happen to be in a situation where maybe the, the path was a little bit easier for you, maybe you started out on third base, at some point you still have to earn it. And until you get to that point of earning it, you're not a true champion. My uh, boxing trainer talks about this to me all the time. He says, you know, fighters, he doesn't like when he's training a fighter and the fighter is beating all his, his early opponents in the first round or the second round and knocking everybody out. He says, because eventually they're going to fight against somebody who's not going to be so easy to knock out and they're not going to know what to do because they would be conditioned to just beat everybody up in the first two rounds. He likes when his fighters actually go into a battle and the fight goes the distance and they can get knocked out and, and, and it's just a, a back and forth thing because now they know what it feels like to be in a real battle. But if all of your wins are those, those quote unquote easy wins, then you don't know what it feels like to really have to earn it. And it's the same thing that all of us need to understand. In every area of life, you must be willing and able to operate in an open space where anybody can get you and you can get anybody. And you got to figure out a way to navigate in that world and win anyway. Because if all your successes come inside a controlled environment that is basically set up for you to win in that bubble, then you still have some things that you got to prove to the marketplace and probably some things you got to prove to yourself. While you may not admit it, you also understand it. That's the open market commandment. Moving on, number eight. We are talking the 12 work on your game commandments. This is the preparation commandment. Thou shall be prepared. All professionals and high level performers must always be prepared ahead of time for any situation they are set to face. We as professionals do not show up at the moment of truth and try to figure things out on the spot. No professional does that. That's what amateurs do. Amateurs show up and they just figure things out and hope that it works out. I don't care if you are a school teacher, a soccer player, a podcaster, a fisherman, or anything in between. When you are a true professional at what you do, you prepare and you do the work ahead of the situation. 
This is why professional athletes, we have practice. This is why teachers, you have prep time. This is why any of you who does any kind of uh, professional speaking, you prepare your presentation before you actually get on the stage. You don't just show up on the stage and hope that you can figure out what to say. If you show up somewhere not ready to do the work, then you're an amateur. Simple as that. I don't care how much you are getting paid or not getting paid. You show up not ready to do the work and you figure it out on the fly, that's the action of an amateur. If you need to pass a class and you think back to your school days, you need to pass a class, what do you do? You study for the test. Even if you hated school, you know what the deal is, right? The deal is I study for the test, I'll be more prepared for the test, it'll give me a better chance of passing the test. When I turn on the microphone to record, they'll say for a podcast, so I'm gonna, even if I'm gonna record a video while I'm driving or anything, I already have some idea of what I'm gonna talk about. I don't just turn on and try to figure it out right there on the spot. I don't just randomly try to think things up, even though I think I probably could. Some things may come to me on the spot while I'm talking, but there's a planning process that goes into this. I don't think any of you think that I just came on here and said, all right, I'm gonna just come up with 12 commandments and I'm just coming up with these off the top of my head. I thought about this before I actually came in here and did it. This is what professionals do. Now, again, as I talked about earlier in the same things the same way every time, when you have a process and you're following a process, your creativity and your ability to freelance will show up through you executing on the process. So if you have creativity that you wanna show and you have some things that come to you, you can use those, but at the same time, you are still executing on the process. This is the creativity that comes up in the process of following the system, whatever that system happens to be. So the discipline creates the freedom for you to use your creativity. So anywhere that you notice in any organization or in a, any individual, where you notice sustained performance and sustained results, understand that there is prior preparation taking place, whether you know about it or not, there is always prior preparation when the consistency of the outputs are shown. Point number nine, we are talking the 12 work on your game commandments. Number nine is the third day commandment. What is the third day? There will come a moment, a time in life and anything that you do where the excitement has completely worn off. The newness and the novelty of the situation are gone. And some people, because the, because the excitement is gone, because the newness and novelty is gone, some people are just gonna stop showing up because it's not exciting anymore. Many people just can't stick with anything when it's no longer exciting, when it starts to get boring, when the work starts to get tedious, when it's just not a, a fun thing anymore. This is what we call the third day. This is the moment where the true professionals, people like yourself, this is when the true professionals start to stand out. This is where you create an advantage for yourself because now that the amateurs have stopped coming because amateurs don't stick with something that's not fun anymore, that's what we call the third day. And what I call the third day is the decision that separates the pros from the amateurs. And yes, this is a decision. The third day is not necessarily an occurrence. It's a decision. It's a choice because the third day doesn't have to necessarily be day one, two, and three. You can have the third day all day for a whole year. You can have the third day for an entire season. You have a third day for a whole month. The third day is about the choice that you make when things are not new anymore, things are not exciting anymore. You might not even feel that great about the situation that you're in, but you show up and you deliver like a professional anyway, that's the third day. And if you have an organization full of people who understand the third day and they make the decision to show up and deliver on the third day, you're gonna have a very consistent organization that produces very consistent results. 
there's a, uh, in my book, The Mirror of Motivation, I talked about the third day. I wrote a book about the concept of the third day. I did a TED Talk on the concept of the third day. This is one of the, the main frameworks that I talk about all the time. And the reason I talk about it so much anytime that I'm talking to my audiences is because the third day is a real thing. And something that you're going to deal with. And even those of you who've never heard me speak about the third day, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Do you not? All right. All of you have can all of you have experienced this concept, even if you didn't name it the third day. The question is not, will you go through it? And you will go through it again. The question is, what are you going to do when you face it? The question is, how are you going to show up the next time there's a third day? You got to understand in any situation in life, the early moments are the easiest. The beginning moments are the easiest in any situation because it's new. Everybody's excited. Everybody's trying to put their best foot forward. Everybody's representative is showing up. It's what you do in the moments when the newness is gone. That's what really matters. And that's what separates the pros from the amateurs. Point number 10. And I'm going to we're going to open this up for questions and commentary after I get through all of these. And I think we'll have some time left. By the way, we are talking to 12, actually 13, working again, commandments. Number 10 is the mental toughness commandment. Mental toughness commandment is a very close relative of the third day. It's the first cousin. And it's you understanding that not everything that you try, not everything that you plan is going to work out as expected. As a matter of fact. I'll go as far as to say this. Most of the things that you try or that you plan will not work out as expected, no matter how prepared you think you are. So the mental toughness commandment then is that you must keep showing up, doing the work and putting yourself out there, even when the success that you have expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. That is the mental toughness commandment. Many people fail not due to a lack of talent or a lack of opportunity, or a lack of resources, the common excuses that people use, but usually due to a lack of persistence. And a lack of persistence is a form of a lack of mental toughness. Because mental toughness is just your ability to stick to it, your ability to keep coming in, your ability to keep showing up. And when people don't have that, instead of admitting that, which will cause, which will force you to look in the mirror and be honest with yourself, it's much easier for people to deflect and blame some externality such as, well, I'm not as talented as these other people. I don't have the same resources as these other people. I don't have the same opportunities. I don't have the same information. I don't know as many people as everybody else. See, those are externalities. It's easy to blame an externality for our shortcomings. It's hard to look in the mirror and look at ourselves. And that's the mental toughness commandment. If you're gonna work with me in the work on your game world, you must abide by the mental toughness commandment. And if you are not able to, then I'm gonna, put it right in your face and either you're going to shape up or you're going to ship out. It's going to be one or the other. When things don't go your way, don't lay down and quit. This is a mental toughness commandment. Most people I've found can only perform when everything such as other people, circumstances, the weather and everything else is in their favor. But people with higher levels of mental toughness, people who abide by the mental toughness commandment. And by the way, if you never abided by this commandment, you come into my world, you will learn. I can, I can help you, I can teach you. But people with high levels of mental toughness can perform under any circumstances. And this is what, again, going back to that third day commandment, this is what separates the pros from the amateurs. What do you do when the going gets tough? All right, who can't perform when the going is easy? Anybody can. What do you do when the going is not easy? That's, that's the thing that really separates you. Point number 11, 
Today we are on the 12th, work on your game commandments. Number 11 is the selling yourself commandment. No matter how good you are, no matter how hard you work, how prepared you believe yourself to be, and how much you have visualized and written down your success, your future success, sometimes the success and the opportunities are slow in finding their way to your doorstep. Sometimes you could be the best at what you do, or at least you believe you are. You believe you're fully prepared. You've done all the work. You've you got your mind in the right place. You've done all the right things, yet you still don't have the success you want. You're still not being recognized the way that you believe you should be recognized. In these situations, here's what most people do that you should not do. Don't sit on the couch and wait for the opportunities to start finding you. Don't do that. If you've been doing that, stop. When your phone is not ringing, this is the selling yourself commandment. When your phone is not ringing, start ringing some phones. When no one's knocking at your door, start knocking on doors. If your inbox is not lighting up, start lighting up inboxes. Whenever I share with people stories of uh, things that I've done, whether it be from the sports world, the business world, interpersonal world, most of the opportunities that I've created, most of the things that I've done in my career in sports and in business were created via outreach, meaning nobody was knocking on my door. My phone was not ringing is that I knocked on doors and I rang phones until I was able to create the opportunities that I wanted. And this is the selling yourself commandment. And I hear from people all the time who tell me how they believe they're good at something, they want to achieve in a certain area, yet they are not being proactive, taking actions to make these opportunities happen. Waiting for someone to recognize you or waiting for the world to notice you as the person is not an action step. You must be willing to go out and create the attention where no attention exists. This is the selling yourself commandment. Number 12. And again, there's actually 13 of the 12 working again commandments is the right vehicle commandment. If you know anything about my background, which I told you already that I played a few other sports before I got into finally finding uh, basketball, I was playing a little bit of baseball for a few years before that. Luckily, at a young enough age, I realized that I didn't have the talent or really the, the desire to be great at baseball. And I eventually moved on to basketball. And this is the right vehicle commandment. Now, the same effort, had I taken the same effort that I put into basketball, put into baseball, would I have become a professional athlete? Probably not. I don't think I had the tools to be great at baseball. So I had to find the right vehicle for myself. The right vehicle commandment simply states that even though you may have, you got the being part right, you understand the third day, you got the same things the same way every time, you're following processes, you have the mental toughness. If you are applying all of these things to the wrong vehicle for you, you may not get the outcome that you want. Your job is to figure out what is the right vehicle that makes sense for you, for you to get the outcomes that you want. Something that uh, a lot of people probably don't know about me is that uh, one of the things that I was going to do before I got into talking about the kind of things that I talk about, that I'm talking about to you today, things like mental toughness, discipline, professionalism. For a while, I thought my niche in the business world was going to be talking to people about uh, marketing through creating content because I've created a ton of content. I got 8,000 videos on YouTube. My podcast has 2,200 episodes. I thought I was going to talk about that as my, my niche in the business world. But I found that that wasn't the right vehicle for me. When I started talking about mindset, 
I found it, it came more naturally to me. I found people really connected with it. It made the most sense to me. And it's not that talking about marketing isn't a thing. It's not that there's not a need for it. It's not that people don't want it and people don't listen to it. It's just that it didn't make the most sense for me. People didn't want to hear that from me as much as they wanted to hear the other stuff from me. So I had to find what was the right marketing space for me. So understand that just because there is a need for a thing in the marketplace doesn't necessarily mean the marketplace wants to get it from you. Your job is to, again, self-honesty, your job is to find out what does the marketplace want from you that they are going to be willing to pay for. That's what makes it marketable. That also is something that makes sense to you, something that feels comfortable for you, something that feels like you're in the right place and you're doing the right things. So this is why you got to really get clear on what does the marketplace want from me? What is the right vehicle that will help me put my game out into the world in a way that the marketplace is going to respond to me in a way that I want to. So I'm getting the kind of returns that I want. So the challenge for a lot of people is really looking at all the things that you could do, all the things that you're good at, because I feel like I'm good at a lot of stuff, but it's narrowing down by process of elimination. What has that mix of you feel really comfortable with it. It's in your wheelhouse. And at the same time, the marketplace is responding to you when you're doing it. This requires a high level of self-honesty because it's going to require you uh, sacrificing some of your sacred cows, i.e. some of the beliefs that you have about how good you actually are and how much the marketplace actually wants a thing that you are willing to offer. That is the right vehicle commandment. And last but not least, of the 13, I said 12, but it's actually 13, work on your game commandments is the game commandment. Now, this whole thing is called work on your game. The final commandment is the game commandment. What does this mean? Your game is ultimately the most important thing about you and about the success you will either create or not create. Because, listen, this is the work on your game world. If you have no game, you have no one to blame. All right, that rhymes. When you have game, it is a responsibility to get that game out there into the marketplace and get it seen and known about so that you can reap the rewards of your game. But understand that having game is not the end of your work, it's the beginning of your work, even though this is the last commandment. The more game you have, the more responsibility that comes with it. If you have no game, and you gotta be self-honest about it, if that's the case, in a certain space if you have no game, then you know what you need to do next. You need to actually go develop some game, whether you do it on your own, whether you go hire some help, whether you sign up for a course, what, or you go find a different game to play in. Like I realized I didn't have that much game in baseball, I could either go go work on my baseball game or go find a different game to play. But I couldn't just sit there in the same spot and hope that it was going to work out. This is why all the previous com commandments that I've laid out laid the foundation for this final commandment. You got to be honest with yourself about where you're at. If you believe you have game, but you don't, then you're operating off an inaccurate formula, which means everything you do is going to lead to a dead end. So how do you know if you have game or not? How do you actually know if you are following the game commandment? Simple. Look at the results that you are getting from the marketplace. The marketplace never tells a lie. The marketplace will tell you exactly how it values you, whether it is interested in you, how much it wants from you, or how little it wants from you. Get associates in your circle, other human beings who have the experience, the skill, and most importantly, the license to tell you the truth. How many people do you have around you who can tell you the truth to your face, even if it makes you uncomfortable and you will accept it? How many of you have even one person in your life who fits that description? Many people are either, so you're out here flying solo, you don't have anyone you can talk to like 
it, have that kind of conversation. Or you got a bunch of yes people around you who only tell you things that make you feel good about yourself because they believe that that's what's going to make you, you know, stay around them and keep talking to them. While it may make you feel good, it won't help you do good. This is why it's so important to have people around you like coaches and uh, accountability partners. And this is why things like masterminds matter so much because you need people around you who are not just going to tell you things that make you feel good, but not going to help you perform at a high level. You need people who will tell you things that may make you temporarily uncomfortable, but in the long run will actually help you perform at a higher level. So when is the last time? It's a question I want you to think about. When's the last time somebody you know, I'm not talking about a random stranger, somebody you know told you a truth about yourself that made you uncomfortable, but you had to admit it was ultimately accurate. If you can't answer that question, then you need to work on your associations. You need to make yourself some new friends. They don't even have to be your friends, as a matter of fact. You just need some associations who can help you by looking you in your face and telling you truths that you need to be mentally tough enough to accept and understand. All that being said, let me recap these 12 points. Then we're going to open up the floor. We got a few minutes left here. I think I made good time for questions and comments. The 12 working again commandments. Number one is complete ownership. Number two, accurate formulas. Number three, self-honesty. Number four, the same things the same way every time. Number five, action bias over contemplation. Number six, being overdoing. Number seven, the open market commandment. Number eight, the preparation commandment. Number nine, the third day commandment. Number 10, the mental toughness commandment. Number 11, the selling yourself commandment. Number 12, the right vehicle commandment. And number 13, the game commandment. Now, I have spoken for damn near 60 minutes straight. I'm going to open up the floor. Who has a question or comment? Anything that has hey, I got 60 Dre. minutes of beauty. 60 minutes of beauty, man. I do. Oh, thank you. you. That's that? really good. This is Jason. I'll wait in line, too. Yeah. David here. I'll add something after Jason. Okay. Uh, okay thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, so good, Dre. A lot of, and I, I say your example is good. I gave the Michael Jordan example in the chat. Right. Um, he he thought he could be a star in baseball, but sometimes you have to figure out for ourselves, for ourselves. Right. Like I loved Michael Jordan growing up and he's a star. And because he wanted to do baseball first, he but he worked on the basketball. Well, he, I don't know what he wanted to do basketball and he, and he failed. Right. He got cut. But then he worked at it and then he was a basketball star. But then to do the same thing in baseball, he probably would have had to work on it just as long. But he sucked. Now, if somebody couldn't tell him that the truth to his face, maybe somebody did tell him he's a basketball star. He won't he won't be a baseball star right away, but he had to find out for himself. A lot of times we have to find out for ourselves. So, like, you know, maybe he if he had been playing baseball since, you know, he was in college, then he would have been a baseball star. But you can't just switch. But the disciplines are the same. So if you haven't been disciplined at the same thing, like you could be a social media Look, this, this is social media all the time. People have the best social media, but then you find, look at their life. So we could all do stuff on social media that look great. But at the end of the day, what are we working on? What are we willing to work on for 20 years? I think if you're willing to work on something for 20 years and you have the discipline and consistency, yeah, you could be president, but your inner game, your inner game is where it's going to show. Thank you. This is Jason. I'm done speaking. <laughs> Good stuff, Jason. Appreciate it. Was that David? What hey, man, that was that was solid, dude. Really, really great talk. Um, I love the uh, third day is, you know, I, like you said, it's it's one of those things that we do. We see people do, but we can't really put a word on it. And now I'm, I'm stealing that, bro. I'm going to steal that because uh, 
I do boot camps <laughs> and I've been doing it for years, uh, probably close to seven or eight years. And people show up, you know, first day, everybody's excited. You know, second day, you lose a little excitement. You know, third day, all of a sudden, you're only at like 70% capacity. Fourth day, you know, it's crazy. By the last day, literally only like 30% of the people are left. And that's exactly why. Right. They lost the, uh, you know, the, the, the excitement. It's harder than they thought. So, yeah, man, I'm just going to – I'll give you credit for it, but I'm definitely feeling it. So, thank you, bro. Absolutely. And I, I put a link to my book, The Third Day, up at the top there. So, anybody wants to get it, the book's free. Just cover the shipping, thirddaybook.com. Well, who else wants to leave a comment? Thank you, David. Thank Dre, you. man, I've heard you before. This is Jeff the Entrepreneur. One thing you said, hey, dude, and I, I, I come from playing semi-pro football and always having to work, so I totally get the athlete thing and connect with you on the story vibe way. But, man, mm-hmm. when you said that if nobody's knocking on your door, go knock on doors, so many people were like, man, That's- Jeff, I do that. That's the one thing. And I don't even stop, man. Even when people are doing it, I always sell the vision always. Those who don't know me, I will build the biggest franchise ever called Kokomo Jays in honor of my brother I lost, uh, and and I'm going to do it. And you even said something, I think it was you before, of uh, it was actually it was Marvin in the segment before, of then think beyond the dream. And it's funny that because a lot of times, you know, we get so content in, we, in what we're doing, especially us athletes too, right? That then you think, you, when you think beyond the dream, you think of people around you, so... Anyway, dude, I just appreciated everything about you right there. Absolutely. Pre- much appreciated. We got time for probably one hey, or two. Hey, TM, TM, man. Oh, go ahead, Renee. I'll be real quick, Dre. You just was so on point. Every week, you just keep on pouring in information. But I love the fact that you talked about, you know, if they're not calling, you need to pick up the phone and start calling out. Right. And that's something that I truly, truly admit to. That's what I do. And I think that you are just so phenomenal. Every week, you keep on hitting the nail right on the head. And I know we need to get these um, numbers up because you already told us we have a goal of 150. So guys, everybody in this room, share out this space because every day he brings value. Every week, everyone brings value. But Dre, you're right on money today. Everybody, please continue on sharing Breakfast with Champion. Out. TM, right over to you, you, Oh, man, spot on uh, this morning, Dre. Complete ownership, man. Just the first one, right? I mean, from from complete ownership to to the game. You know, you said, ultimately, if you want power, and everybody's seeking power, right, start with yourself, right? Take ownership, right, wrong, or indifferent. Take ownership. These were solid tips this morning, brother. Appreciate you. Much appreciated. Thank you, everybody, for your time and attention. Thanks, Larissa. I know she's not here. She's at the airport. Who am I? Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.